All right, welcome into the breeze here on Ticket Weekends. Again, I am Harrison running the ones and twos. We got just me and Haas today, no DP. So again, you guys can always join the show. Start your Heyman text line 402-464-5685 as well as for streaming on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and Allo channel 951. A couple of quick programming notes. We will be switching over to the Royals uh, FM Airwaves at Let's see here, 12.30, so just about half an hour, 12.30, we'll switch over. So, again, if you want to stay plugged into the show, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Allo, Channel 951. But Haas, bring you in here. How's it going, man? Great. Happy Sunday. How are you? I've uh, been better, as you can imagine. <laughs> Is uh, DP bringing back some Louis and, and things like that or with, uh, building more radio stations? Yeah, I think he's probably got another one. Man, he's going to call it 93.7 The Buffalo down there. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not sure what he's up to. Uh, but knowing DP, he's always wheeling and dealing, making the company a better place or at the very minimum motivating other people to be uh, greater. So it's just kind of – with DP, he's a guy that, you know, I, I'm, I'm never keeping tabs on, but uh, he's just always doing something good. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Like, he's a guy that's always working really hard and a uh, good guy to work under, to say the least. That's DP, the, the Louie part. I don't know if you picked up on that. but No, miss uh, me on that. I'm definitely a Nebraska fan, but I, I said it, I don't know, however many months ago that Dion should have been the coach. And when he went to Colorado, he said, oh, don't worry. I'm bringing Louis with me. I'm bringing, I'm bringing people with me. And <laughs> uh, the talent that he has there, they're definitely Louis Vuittons. Um, it, was, it was a close first half, but... <laughs> great players make great coaches you can you can be yeah. the best coach ever and if you don't have players then that's a completely different game and uh alabama right now is probably wondering what it's like to have a quarterback that that can throw accurate passes less than 40 yards also so yes texas takes the win over them it's uh yesterday was i want to say it was a weird day of college football there's a few games that made you scratch your head wisconsin being one of them as well uh they take a loss but other than that you know, just just kind of looking at the Nebraska Colorado. Did you watch the full game? Because I'd imagine, like, not just Nebraska fans. That was probably a big one, even if you didn't care about Nebraska. Colorado's interesting if you like them or not. That's still a team that you're very curious to see what they look like. I saw the fourth quarter because I was coaching. I had three games okay. to coach yesterday. And uh, it's just you turn over the ball, that's what happens. Yeah, and uh, once again, Nebraska is just kind of the – yeah, I guess that's like the probably the painful part, right? Is because you kind of went into this week hoping the small mechanic stuff, you know, the penalties, the turnovers, those are coachable, fixable. Um, it's just more of the same. And it, it was stuff that was so bizarre, you know, that just non-contact fumbles in the backfield over and over again. It, it, just bizarre things that you don't ever see, I mean, you really just don't see that at a power five D one level where it just kind of all goes that bad. So fast. It, it was, um, it was just a more questions and answers kind of game and maybe answers on things that we don't necessarily like the answers. So I, I'm going to kind of leave it there with that. It's two games in Colorado. They're a team, how good they are. We're going to find out, but I'll tell you right now. It's, we, so you look at Nebraska, they had eight sacks, on Sanders. That, you would think that's that's a pretty dang good job. That's going to get the job done. Even despite that, Sanders still didn't have any turnovers. He still threw in the high 80%. Just incredibly efficient. He, he is just so hard to get rattled. 
you put him under pressure and worst case scenario, he takes a sack, but he doesn't get loose with the ball. He tucks it if he feels that pressure. And if it's not there, he just eats the set. You never see him force anything. And when he has time, he's just surgical with it. I, I just, the defense on that team is the only reason why I'm a little iffy to see what it looks like if they go against an elite team that's really good with the run. Because Nebraska is able to get that going a little bit until you know you start fumbling the ball in the backfield, you're playing from behind, you can't really run the ball anymore. But you know that's just kind of where I'm at. I think the only team that's going to have a real shot and taking down Colorado, it's you're going to be eating clock running the ball against them. Because again, I think that's Colorado's weakest part is their defensive front. But other than that, offense, if it's a shootout, it's probably a team you don't want to see. I mean that and Travis Hunter just takes away half the field so yeah. running the ball kind of takes that game plan out of the way it's uh college football is always fun to watch the uh texas tech oregon game last night texas tech was winning man that's hard to say fast and um they they threw a pick six late it's, you talked about sacks and turnovers it it changes the game. Like sacks, mm-hmm. sacks are a big deal, but turnovers are are, are just killer. And oh man, the the level of quarterback play is is different. I think right now in college football, before I could say there's ten great quarterbacks, fifteen great quarterbacks. I only see two or three right now. The, the play of college quarterbacks, I'm I'm not that impressed right now. Yeah, uh, I mean. Obviously, the, the the biggest quarterbacks right now are going to be Caleb Williams. And let me quick real get Caleb Williams' stats because he was obviously electric yesterday too. They beat Stanford. I mean, they killed Stanford. If, again, if you're being honest, 56 to 10. Caleb Williams, 19 for 22, 281 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, right now it just kind of looks like those are the two quarterbacks in college well, football. That Ewers, Sanders, and, and Williams are studs. Yeah, Quinn Ewers. He's up there for sure. Um, and I guess I'll ask you about that game. Texas, Alabama. What were you kind of thinking going into that one? Um, you know, I'll be honest. I, I was actually kind of looking at Texas, thinking they had a real shot at this one. Uh, still surprised they won it. I wasn't picking them, but I thought they had a shot. I'm just not used to Alabama having a shaky quarterback. Yeah. And and so hearing questions on is this – it's kind of like Nebraska. Is he going to be the quarterback next week? And to hear that, is, is he coming back in this game kind of question. Um, it's surprising for for a number three in the country who's probably going to be a 10, 11, 12. Just Texas played good defense. Texas ran the ball well. Texas looked really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Quinn Ewers, and then you still got Archie Manning behind there. So you still got some optimism <laughs> in the future. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah, it's just – it's crazy. I you know, I think like the hardest part is Nebraska fans, and I don't want Nebraska fans to look at Dion and maybe you thought we should have hired him. I'll, I'll I'll listen to that argument, but to think this happens is ridiculous. You know, I understand that you want you see it in Colorado and you want it to happen that fast. You look at Michigan; that took five years to kind of get that place up and running uh, with Jim Harburg up there. So again. I know Dion, it looks really exciting at Colorado with Dion, but I just – I don't know how replicable that is. You know, he he is a celebrity. He has those connections with the Sanders. He knew Travis Hunter. He knew Weavers. He knew all those guys. He had those connections, uh, and he's held that the whole way. So I just don't know how replicable that is to have not only a celebrity, but a celebrity that had that much talent. He knows those kids and that connections. 
that's just kind of Dion for you. I I don't think that's very replicable anywhere else. Like you'd have to have that kind of same hype around you that Dion did. Well, the thing going for the rule hire is I I see him being there for for seven plus years. Dion is going to be the next Cowboys coach. Let me say that again. You said Dion needs to be the next Cowboys coach. Dion is going to be the next Dallas Cowboys head coach, whether it's in two years or three years. I know he has to pay a lot of money if he leaves in one year, but when his son's done at Colorado and the Cowboys need a new head coach, Deion Sanders will be the Dallas Cowboys head coach. So do you want that in Nebraska? Do you want a new coach in two, three years just because he elevated the program and left again? You probably don't. You probably want continuity and stability, and you're okay with a six-and-six six season instead of one really good season. and. And, and then just rebuilding again. So I understand big picture. And I'm not saying, who knows, maybe Dion will stay five years. But yeah. he he has the right to coach in the NFL with who he was as a player. Yeah, and he was already getting America's team headlines yesterday. So not that different. <laughs> you know, to just plug into the Cowboys. It was, uh, you know, I, I was impressed uh, obviously by the defense for Nebraska. And again, we talked about the Colorado offense. And I just think that's going to be a shootout team that you don't really want to meet. You're just going to have to have really elite corners and you're going to have to have elite pass rush. That's about the only thing that worked against Colorado was, you know, the pass rush um, and you get a sack. He's probably not going to turn it over. He's not going to cough it up. But again, I think I just don't want to overreact. It's two games in. You look at Matt Rule's tenure at Baylor and Temple, rocky starts. Maybe you're looking at this roster for Nebraska thinking we had more talent, so you're not expecting that rocky start. But I just kind of think uh, with his programs, that it, it kind of looks like a reality here. Maybe he picked the wrong quarterback. You can argue that one as well. You look at his time with the Carolina Panthers, that was kind of his problem, right? He never really got to pick his guy. He gets to pick his guy here. It's just not working out for him right now. So, you know, just kind of, again, more questions than answers, and the answers we did get weren't necessarily great. Uh, let's go to the text line here and see if we have it come, coming in here. Uh, A.A. Ron says, what makes you think Rule will stay here? My answer to that is he's been very open about him and his family wanting to be in Lincoln. Um, you know, and I understand some of that could be coach speak, but to double down on it on a weekly basis is kind of where I'm like, okay, I don't know if that's coach speak. Why would you want to bring it up every week if you're not serious about it? Uh, everything indicates to me that he does want to be here for a long-haul fix. I, I think he is a college coach. I think his time at the NFL, I, I don't think that's for him. It's kind of what he got. I think he likes college, being around the young guys, developing young athletes. I He seems like a long-term guy to me. Everything he said in interviews gives me own, no indication that those are false words. But I, what are your thoughts on that? I don't know if you've been really watching the Matt Rule pressers, but he gives me an indication that he's a long-term stay as well. So I understand programs are better than Nebraska right now. But traditionally, Nebraska is a high-powered football program. And and so with that, with the fans being the way they are, being able to restore the kingdom, that is beautiful in itself. And so if a coach has the mindset that I, I want to be the guy that, that made us a powerhouse again, and Rule looks like he is that guy, mm-hmm. then there isn't really a promotion for, for rule to go and, and, and take another job going from temple to Baylor. That's a promotion to him from Nebraska. 
it's it's what Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama, Georgia, and I, and I wait. Hold on, outsiders are like Nebraska's a sub five hundred team pretty much every year. Yeah, it's it, there's still a story program. So there's a reason why Florida State's still a great program. So the history is there, and and so with that, it's a job that you don't want to give up. You don't want to pass that up, and you want to be the person to to bring it back to the Osborne days and, and Solich and all that. So it, I, I don't see him leaving. Yeah, and I'm right there with you. Aaron agrees. He says, fair points. Um, and again, you guys can join the show here. Sarder, Heyman, Tech Line, 402-464-5685. We're obviously talking a little bit Nebraska-Colorado, uh, but we're going across the college football landscape as well. And, uh, you know, I, I do want to dive into Lakers a little bit here because you got a certain Christian Wood. Uh, that LeBron, Lee, Lee GM, Lee GM has uh, brought him onto the roster. He's always been very favorable. He's been positive in comments about his game anytime they played uh, Christian Wood. What does that mean for the Lakers? What does that mean for Anthony Davis? So I don't know if you saw the U.S. play against Germany or if you saw the U.S. play against Canada. Yeah, we didn't play. So. Yeah. What, but with that, I saw two players on the U.S., I saw two players on the U.S. and I'm not trying to overhype Austin Reeves because people are getting a little out of control. But <laughs> Anthony Edwards trusted, and Anthony Edwards is a megastar, and I, I hope he goes to to a big market. Sorry, Minnesota fans, because he needs to be seen. Like he he's the dude from the movie. <laughs> he's the dude from the Adam Sandler movie. He's he's the baller. Uh, he was so good in the Olympics or in FIBA. And so with that, he would draw the double teams. And when they were down against Germany, he would draw the double teams and he would look at Halliburton. And he'll, he'll look at Bridges and Jaron Jackson. And he's like, nah, let me give it to Reeves. And, and for him to give it to Reeves, it's not me being a Laker a guy there. It's the same thing that LeBron would do when he would have Russell and Davis and and anyone else on the court, he would give it to Reeves. And so it's like, why do they trust this guy? When he gets the ball, he looks awkward and he looks like he shouldn't be doing stuff, but he draws the foul and he makes the right basketball play. And so it's surprising that Austin Reeves was the second best player on Team USA. And so he's not even the second best player on his on the Laker team. I get that. If, the, if Team USA had Damian Lillard, they would have won every game by at least 10 plus points. So I understand that Team USA, they needed help. Oh, LeBron, if he comes back. They just needed one megastar, yeah. and it would have been different. Now, there, there's no Jokic. So if Jokic played, Serbia would have won a championship. So we can go and cry about this and that, but the best player in the world didn't play in, in, in the world championships. So... Yeah, I'm with you there. In the World Cup, so it's a little different, too. It's not like the Olympics. Uh, it's very hard to get the best of the best to want to go play in the World Cup. It, it, good luck trying to get LeBron. And, you know, even I don't even know. I'll be honest. I don't even know if they really asked those guys <laughs> at this point. Like, you're, a lot of them don't ever seem to want to go there unless they're the younger guys making a name for themselves or, hey, good development. I can be with these guys. Uh, but Austin Reeves, you know, I actually thought he'd plug in well over in the World Cup. He, he reminds me of, like, a European-style player. You know, that's kind of his game. He really doesn't do anything. He's not flashy. He's just 
right pass, right play, draw the foul if it's there. Like he he kind of fits that mold. And again, you talked about it with LeBron. It's it's Austin Reeves IQ and his ability to draw the foul and his ability to just not turn the ball over or find the open shooter, whether that's him or someone else spotting up. He just makes the right play. So for him, it's you know it's just a guy you trust, not because he's the best player on the court, but he's either going to A, get it to the best player on the court, or B, uh, if it's there for himself, he'll find a way to take it. So I'm, I'm with the, you there on Austin Reeves. Um, I know we don't have DP in here, so it's always a good time to get your Austin Reeves in hype now. <laughs> but nonetheless, um, going through that, were you surprised at all? I mean, Dylan Brooks drops 40. Um, that, that one probably rubs people a little bit the wrong way in the U.S., kind of getting a, a little bit of mockery from the rest of the world. But again, you talk about the talent. What's it look like if everyone brings the real players, not that sh- not just the U.S., but everyone else? Um, you know, what are your thoughts on the U.S. losing this, not play, not getting second, not getting first, not even getting bronze? What does this mean for U.S. basketball? If- nothing. Okay. It means nothing. <laughs> <laughs> the, those that played, those that coached, they, it bothers them because they're competitive. But – from a historical perspective, it's the Olympics that matters. And Noah Lyles might, might want to chime in and, and talk about what it means to win a world championship. But this one was a minor tournament with fringe all-star players. So it is what it is. What do you think about Brandon Ingram? Not a system that fit him very well. Does that, again, I'm asking you. You know, what can you actually pick out of these games? Brandon Ingram's inability to really perform uh, through the entire time through the World Cup. He, he just never really had any big games. You know, what are your thoughts on that? Um, and what do you kind of expect for him coming into the NBA season? So this is where diversity and inclusion is a, is a talk. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason why Austin Reeves works well for Team USA is he does the little things. He's a glue guy. And so if you have the reason why the other countries are playing so well is because they have people that fit the roles. So the uh, the sh- sniper who shot 44%, his name's uh, not on the tip of my tongue right now for Germany, uh, like number 42, he did his job. He was supposed to just get open and make threes. Schroeder did his job. He was supposed to be the defensive pest, but also create for his teammates. And, and the Wagner brothers, they're supposed to shoot. And, and, and so Thais did his job. He, he played differently than, than he does in the NBA. So you have to have people that do their jobs, not iso ball. And Team USA was all iso ball. They're playing like they're in an all-star game. And that's mm-hmm. what happens. So you need, you need the, the big man that can do something. And Jaron Jackson Jr. was their big man. That's the best big man they can get. And he got exposed on his defensive flaws. Maybe it's the coaching in Memphis. Maybe it's the guard play in Memphis that makes him such a good defender. I don't know. But there was no diversity of talent. It was the same kind of players all around the court. And because of it, U.S. got exposed. Do you have a chance to watch Giannis and how they utilized him? He was an over-glorified role player. It was very unique. They did not use him as the superstar. It, it, it's kind of insane to think. You think that's a team that they might actually kind of go away with the European style and just ISO Giannis? Uh, no, they, he was just a glorified role player for him. They, they just ran normal sets, and Giannis was setting picks and rolling. Like He wasn't doing anything crazy. It was kind of unique to see him uh, take a step back and not be, you know, 
a superstar considering what his resume looks like in the NBA. So it always amazes me how these European teams utilize what we consider the superstars of the NBA. They get over to their teams where, you know, they're the real heroes in their country and you're a role player. You know, everyone's a role player. There's no superstars here. We all play together. And it always amazes me. And again, I think uh, with the U.S., if you're not going to bring the best of the best, then you're going to have to play team ball. And it's just something that I don't know if it's because the AAU style we have over here, if it's the early pro access that the guys over in Europe get. Because you look at a lot of those, you know, pro teams, like they will have, uh, talking to the guys that went to Spain to play some of those pro teams, they'll play a roster and it'll be that team, day one, day two, same team. And it's just a different group of players and they all know each other still. <laughs> they all play uh, with each other. They're all in multiple groups. So there's also that chemistry there. Or even though they're all in different countries, it, it feels like, especially in Europe, a lot of those guys keep seeing each other and they know how to play that style. Um, and I guess that's just kind of a U.S. flaw. I don't know. Is that even fair to say it's a U.S. flaw for it's just a different culture or is it a, a flaw? I mean, all it does is it brings urgency to what matters. So this loss allows for greatness for the Olympics. So we will see more talent on Team USA for the Olympics because of it. And there will be more chemistry, cohesion, and talent there. If 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 the U.S. won every game and and won by two, then be like whatever, we don't, we'll be fine. But you will see at least LeBron or Kevin Durant, one of those guys there. You will see an Anthony Davis like center there. You will see a Damian Lillard there. And it just the Olympics are different. So. Um, <laughs> losing shows what you're made of and and that adversity is, is going to be helpful for for the long run yeah let's 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 hope the adversity is helpful for the long run um i will say if that's if the adversity is the true case uh, it hasn't worked well for nebraska we've had, we've had faced a lot of it and we're still waiting for the positive spin through going through the adversity but uh, nonetheless you guys can keep chiming in here we'll throw it to break and keep in mind we have royals at uh 12 30 uh, we do have a couple texts here. Yes, I did see the Amigos commercial during the game. We'll leave it on that one. Uh, again, if you guys want to join the show, feel free to do so. Talking talk college football, NBA, and we'll see where else we go. This is The Breeze. I'm Harrison. That's Haas. We'll catch you guys on the other side.